good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So let's start off with the daily COVID numbers. There were 149 more COVID-19 fatalities and 19,603 new cases over the past 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Monday morning. There were 19,290 cases in the general population and 313 among prison inmates. Over the past 24 hours, 19,819 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospitals. So the numbers have been slightly going down. There seems to be a bit of reduction in Bangkok, so hopefully the current restrictions are working. Now our first story of the day, Sandbox Tourist Killer confesses to attacking Swiss national, denies intent to murder or rape. Tiriwat Tontip, a 27-year-old resident of Pa Clock in Phuket, has confessed to choking Swiss tourist Nicole Savant Weisskopf with a headlock, but has denied intention to kill her and denied any attempt to rape her. He just wanted her money and belongings, he told a press conference broadcast nationally on August 8th. Tiriwat was arrested by police two days ago for the murder of Miss Savant Weisskopf, whose body was found near the Ao Yan waterfall on Phuket's east coast on Thursday, August 6th. Colonel Chrisana, deputy spokesman of Royal Thai Police, today explained, Police have managed to arrest a 27-year-old man in connection with the death of a 57-year-old Swiss female national, who was earlier found dead at Waterfall in Vichit subdistrict in Phuket. During the course of the investigation and interrogation, evidence were systematically collected and witness statements were taken. Phuket Provincial Court later issued an arrest warrant in connection with the evidence presented to the court. Police have charged the offender for murder and robbery causing death. The cause of death is yet to be confirmed as the autopsy report is yet to be released by the authority. An inquiry officer also applied to the Phuket Provincial Court to extend the detention period for further legal proceedings, Colonel Chrisana noted. Speaking at a press conference this morning, Police Deputy Commander Lieutenant Colonel Nantidet explained that police were first notified that Ms. Savon Weisskopf's body had been found at 2pm that day. Officers immediately responded to the call and arrived at the scene, he said. Officers found Ms. Savon Weisskopf's body face down in the stream. She was naked from the waist down and had been covered by a small tarpon weighed down by rocks. Her trainers and her shorts were found in the long grass nearby. On the first day we went to examine the scene and make our plans for the investigation. On that day, I had no idea who the suspect could be, he said. On the following day, Police General Commissioner brought a team of officers from the Crime Suppression Division, led by Major Jenna Jiribot, to work together with local police. From the initial investigation on that day, we knew that the tourist stayed at the hotel in Outon area. On August 3rd, about 11.49am, she walked past a CCTV camera to the waterfall. The distance from her hotel to the waterfall is about 1.6 kilometers. The waterfall is not popular among tourists and is mostly known only to local residents, he added. We checked the footage from the CCTV camera nearest to the waterfall and found 34 vehicles past the camera. We considered only 8 vehicles as suspicious, and later only one last vehicle seemed suspicious. 
The rider arrived about 12 minutes before the deceased arrived and the suspect drove the motorcycle back from the scene about 3 hours later. The rider was Tiriwat Tontip, who is a local resident of the Cape Panwa community, he said. We investigated until we found him at his house. We took him to Vishid Police Station for questioning. At first, he did not give good cooperation and gave confusing statements. Then we asked him to take off his shirt and we saw a big scratch along the right side of his body. The scratch had only just scabbed. With much evidence and a long time in questioning, he eventually cried and confessed that he had killed the tourist, Lieutenant Colonel Nantadet said. Now the suspect's statement. Tiriwat himself joined the press conference by phone. Now normally, just to put this clearly to people, the suspect is normally paraded out in front of the media, but for this special occasion, this was not the case. The statement read as follows. I, Tiriwat Tontip. I'm sitting with my girlfriend, uncle, and lawyer. I would like to explain about the incident on August 3rd. At about 10 to 11 a.m., I rode my motorbike to Aoyan Waterfall to find orchids and other things in the forest. I walked up to the highest level of the waterfall, but found nothing I wanted. Then I walked down and saw the foreigner, who was naked from the waist down, sitting beside the waterfall. There was a black backpack near her, which I expected must have had valuables inside. I walked close to her and put her in a headlock from behind. The foreigner tried to get out from under my arm and fought back, which brought us into the water. I put her in a headlock again until she became unconscious. I took her body to the waterside, covered her body with an insulator, which was a rubber sheet held down by some rocks. Then I opened her backpack and found 300 Thai baht in cash. I put the money into my wallet and threw her trainers away from the area. I walked down and rode my motorbike to a shack of Bang Lit, who was a friend of his, Tiriwat continued. On the way to the shack, I spent the stolen money on a bottle of soft drink and ice. Then I met my friends at the shack and used the money to buy marijuana and cigarettes. After that, I returned home and lived normally until August 5th, when my girlfriend told me that the body of a foreigner was found at the waterfall. I was shocked and felt guilty for everything I had done. Then I confessed to the police. I would like to say sorry to every person in Thailand and the family of the tourists for what I had done. I'm sorry, really sorry, Tiriwat said. Asked whether he told anyone after knowing the news about Miss Savant, Vice-Cost's body being found, Tiriwat replied, I was shocked and did not tell anything to other people. I waited until the police checked the CCTV and tracked me to my house. I was sleeping when the team of police came to my house. Asked whether he was drunk or under the influence of any drugs while committing killing and whether he really wanted to only steal her belongings, he said. I was not drunk at the time, but I took drugs one week before. I really just wanted her belongings. Asked why he had attacked Miss Savant Weisskopf, Tiriwat replied, I have been unemployed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. I am normally hired for cutting grass. I had a very low income, like 1,000 baht per week. I gave the whole money to my girlfriend and my family so they can spend it for living and raising my child. Asked whether he thought his actions would have led to her dying, he said, I did not mean to kill her. Asked whether he wanted to say anything to Miss Savant Weisskopf's family, he replied, I would like to say sorry to the family for what I did. I'm begging for forgiveness from every person in Thailand. I feel very guilty for what I've done. Asked about the long scratch in his torso, Tiriwat explained, I already had the scratch from before the killing but I got more scratches from the fighting. At the press conference, it was explained that Tiriwat was arrested for drugs possession on October 5th last year. He was sentenced to nine months imprisonment and fined 15,000 baht, but was placed on two years probation. Speaking in English at the press conference, which was also attended by the Phuket governor, and Tourism Authority of Thailand Governor, National Police Chief General Suat said, On behalf of the Royal Thai Police, I would like to offer our deep condolences to the family of the victim who lost her life in this tragedy. 
All of us felt the same as the family of the victim in this difficult time. I know that nothing could ever compensate for their loss, although police managed to arrest the murderer soon after. We opened the investigation, he said. We can ensure you that the offender will be charged and tried fairly in the court of law in due course. It is our job to ensure that justice is rendered so that we will gain the public's confidence. As a Thai, we ourselves will take the opportunity to welcome tourists to visit Thailand and we will do our best to protect you. We provide public safety and to be your first friend during your stay here in Phuket and all across the country of Thailand, General Suat concluded. The 200,000 reward offered by local tourism businesses for catching Mr. Von Weisskopf's killer was today received by the police officers who conducted the investigation. The officers also received bouquets of flowers in gratitude for their efforts. So that is the long statement from the police and the alleged killer himself. Now, let's just start off with the last part of that. The police picked up the reward themselves. Now, I don't know if that's even appropriate in this situation. The job of the police is to catch the killer and certainly being rewarded 200,000 baht in my opinion is highly inappropriate and that money should never be accepted it's a complete conflict of interest now a lot of the statement at the end seems to put more emphasis on Thailand than on Miss Savon Kopkov and her family it seems to be more focused on instilling tourism confidence rather than condolences to the family. Now, what I've read are the exact words that were used. You can take from those words what the meaning is. But, you know, all of us felt the same as the family. They continue to go on about as a Thai. We ourselves take the opportunity to welcome tourists to visit Thailand when we do our best to protect you. These are statements to ensure confidence in Phuket. To be honest, those kind of words are not needed in a press conference about a murder. And certainly there's no need for the tourism authority to be at a police investigation interview and press conference. None whatsoever. You know, you have to balance that. My sincere condolences to the family. May she rest in peace. It's a terrible tragedy. But there's a lot of talk about protecting tourists and all this. It's not just tourists that need protecting. It's everyone. Everyone who lives on the island. And I find it kind of insulting that the governor seems to think the only people that need protecting are tourists. Law and order is for every citizen, every expat, every tourist who comes to this country. And we should all get the same level of protection, whether you're a tourist or not. I'm not 100% sure about this whole case. It doesn't sound right. It sounds all too quick. I'd love to know how from the CCTV image that is not that clear how they led it led them to his house. They seem to skip the whole investigation part of that. This was prepared statements, a prepared statement by the defendant who was not at the press conference when they normally are, by the way. He read it over the phone. I really don't know. And there's a lot of people who just believe this has just been handled far too fast. Opinion on it all is if he's the killer, fantastic. He's going to go to jail. By the way. Another issue that hasn't been mentioned here, as he's murdered somebody, he subsequently can get the death penalty. So he confessed to all of this knowing that he could get the death penalty or was it taken off the table during the investigation? A lot of stuff is just missing during through all these statements. And it's so terribly damning on the media in this country that don't ask any questions, that don't do any investigatory work. They just print what's seen and what's given to them. There's a couple of media outlets in Thailand right now that literally sound like they're the mouthpiece for the Tourism Authority of Thailand and the Royal Thai Police. And it's an absolute disgrace. There are no questions, serious questions being asked of police during these press conferences. It's a press conference. So the press need to ask serious questions. And some of the stuff I've read is just acceptance of whatever they say. I mean, when the police force have to come out and say, oh, he's not a scapegoat. Don't worry, we've got the right guy. 
how does that instill confidence in anybody? The fact that they actually have to come out and say he's not a scapegoat. The reason why they have to come out is because there's such a checkered past in relation to these kind of investigations that people automatically assume that it's a setup. I'd love to know your opinion, guys, and all in this and what you think. Now, next up is a very interesting story. Government plans amnesty bill for the leaders that decided Thailand's vaccination plan. The government is planning to pass legislation that would absolve key decision makers of any wrongdoing in the failure to procure vaccines for the country, according to the opposition Move Forward Party. The government's languid vaccination program has been criticised by the public and politicians alike for contributing to a mounting death toll and uncontrolled third wave of the pandemic. The government failed to move speedily to secure vaccines and rejected Pfizer and other effective vaccines as far back as November, instead relying on the ineffective Sinovac vaccine vaccine and the much-delayed locally produced AstraZeneca jabs. In a leaked document secured by the Move Forward Party, government seems to recognise this failure and aims on passing legislation that would exempt from criminal prosecution and civil lawsuits that decided the country's vaccination path. If the leaked document is to be believed, that would mean that Prime Minister Priya Chanacha and Minister of Public Health Anatun Shanavakul would be exempt from any further prosecution. The people or group of people responsible for deciding our vaccination policy should be willing to defend their case in the justice system. Right or wrong will be decided by the courts. They should not pass a law that grants them amnesty beforehand. This is like a coup, said Virja Lakadatsan MP with the Move Forward Party on Sunday. General Priyat Chanucha came into power in part because of a similar attempt to pass an amnesty bill by the democratically elected government of Yingluk Shinawatra. The bill spurred massive street protests that deteriorated the political situation and gave opportunity for the army to seize power. The Priyat coup government eventually found Yingluk and members of her cabinet guilty of malfeasance and negligence. So that's just an interesting story. Now, we don't have this as in confirmed by the government as of yet. I'm sure this is going to be a very, very interesting story that will stir public debate if it's true. We will keep an eye on this story and we will certainly bring more to you as it unfolds. And now for a little bit of Phuket news. Phuket marks record 81 new COVID cases on one day. The Phuket Provincial Health Office marked record 81 new local COVID-19 infections on the island yesterday, August 8, bringing the total number of people recognised as infected with COVID-19 in Phuket since April 3rd to 1,507. The PPHO reports also mark four new Phuket sandbox arrivals testing positive for COVID-19 and one more patient infected in another province brought back to Phuket for medical treatment under the Bring Phuket People Home campaign. The 81 new local infections bring the total number of new infections on the island in the past seven days to a record 327. The current total of 1,507 infected in Phuket since April 3rd does not include nine people infected with COVID-19 in other provinces and four returning from other countries and testing positive. So yeah, as you can see, they don't include sandbox people testing positive, whether it's on arrival, the sixth day or the last day. For whatever reason, they're not included in the daily numbers which I think is a tad bit odd. Now we can look at the numbers for August 8th. Uh, we had 638 daily international arrivals on the Phuket Sandbox model. No people were infected, according to the information from the Tourism Authority of Thailand. The second and third COVID test swab centers, 363 people were swabbed, with 361 being ne negative. That means two people tested positive 
from that. Of the 638 arrivals on the 8th, they came via seven airlines, two Thai Airways flights, one Qatar Airways, one Emirates, one Etihad and East, and two Singapore Airlines flights. Phuket's numbers so far in terms of vaccination, uh, the first dose, 419,000 people in Phuket has received the first dose. That's 90% of the population, according to the tourism authority. And the second dose, 323,000, that's 69%. Now that 69% has not moved in a good six to eight weeks it's been stuck at that number they've never got over to the 70 percent for whatever reason and i've yet to hear why that is the case now it's possibly maybe to do with people getting astrazeneca now and the wait time is anywhere between 8 to 12 weeks that might have something to do with but a lot of people also receive Sinovac so it's a little surprising that number that it hasn't crept over at least the 70 percent mark which i'm sure they would love to make a big deal about in phuket and finally, France implements COVID-19 health pass despite protests. And what does that mean for the rest of us around the world? People in France now need to show a health pass to enjoy usually routine activities such as sipping a coffee in a cafe or traveling on an intercity train in a plan championed by President Emmanuel Macron to squeeze COVID-19 infections and encourage vaccination. The government is pressing ahead with the extension of an already existing health pass to cafes, restaurants and intercity travel on Monday despite four weekends of angry protests that saw almost a quarter of a million rally nationwide on Saturday. Macron has expressed exasperation with the protests. Hopes that the plan will help ramp up vaccinations and quell the fourth wave of coronavirus in France in a strategy similar to that of EU neighbours such as Italy and Germany. The health pass is generated in a QR code either by a full course of vaccination, a recent negative virus test or a recovery from COVID-19. Government expects a one-week grace period for consumers and businesses to get ready and used to the new rules. Now, I'm not going to go into the rest of the story, but I want to ask you, what do you think about this and where do you think this is going? If you look around the world right now, the drive is to push people to get vaccinated. I see that New York City is bringing in something similar, where you won't be able to go in for to a restaurant without being able to show that you're vaccinated, where you won't be able to go to the cinema or have a cup of coffee. And in France, the same thing. In my own country of Ireland now, you need to show a vaccination certificate to be able to dine inside a restaurant. Now, you can dine an outdoor facility but if you want to go inside you need to show vaccination the same if you want to go to a pub i think you need to show that you've been vaccinated to be able to have a pint in the pub now this looks like something that is going to be with us for quite a while now a year ago a lot of these countries are saying oh this would never happen this would never happen but now you can see it's changed and they're bringing in these kind of regulations i think the same in israel they have the same kind of health pass to get into restaurants and other places and i'm sure in other european countries i'm not 100 percent familiar with but i'm I'm sure my listeners out there you'll tell me whether or not something similar is in your country but what do you think about this travel is going to become a thing where you're going to have to be able to show a vaccine certificate soon i don't even think a covid test will be enough to get you on a plane and the world seems to be changing at a very rapid pace how long do you think these kind of restrictions are going to be in place for people if you live in thailand Already you can't get onto Phuket Island unless you have a vaccine. Soon you won't be able to stay in SHA plus hotels unless you're fully vaccinated. And that's the legitimate truth. 
because they've gone to so much bother to get these vaccinated tourists in. They're not going to let an unvaccinated local stay in the hotel. That's just not going to happen. And the more hotels that start to reopen, the more the country reopens, the more these SHA plus hotels roll out around the country. That's going to be the reality here in Thailand. Do you see it coming to a point where in Thailand, if you want to go into a restaurant, you're going to have to show a digital pass to say that you've been vaccinated? I'm not sure. What do you think about it? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? Do you think it infringes on your rights? And if it does infringe on your rights, why do you believe that? I really love to open this conversation up to you guys out there and tell me what you think, because I'm always interested in your opinion. So drop your comments down below in the comments section and let's see what people think. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a five star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.